BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Happy Friday, Freckled Foodie family. I am super pumped about today's episode and I'm not even recording this intro separately. We're just diving right in because we are joined with our first ever three-peat guest, Sari Diskin. Welcome to the show. I am just honored. I can't believe I'm the only three-peat guest. That means so much to me. <laughs> there are, I think, so there were three two-peats. It was you, Aaron, and my mom. And you're the first ever three P. And Joe will be a repeat guest um, post delivery. He's agreed that he will come on to talk about parenting. So there will be a few of you, wow, but you good. are, yeah, you're <laughs> in your own territory. Um, so before we dive in, just for everyone who's listening to give some context, um, today's episode is going to be all about like spilling the influencer tea and all of the information people want to know about. Sarah and I get messages a lot asking us all sorts of questions and we have basically organized all of your guys' questions and we will be going through trying to answer as many as possible. Obviously, we can't do like lengthy answers to every single one because there's so many, but we're really going to try and get through them. And Sari, I'm so grateful to have as one of my closest friends in life, but also as a colleague, co-worker in the influencer space, and now like a true co-worker because we are doing... Totally. Yeah. Like we've done an exciting project together and we have a very exciting announcement at the end of this episode regarding that project. So make sure you listen all the way through. Um, so let's kick oh, things yeah. off. So I organized the questions um, and the beginning of the show will be focused on like the beginnings of our platforms. So to really start for anyone who does not know you, can you give us the quick brief of like you, your account and when you started it and what you were doing beforehand? And also if you want to learn more about this, like I would recommend listening to our other episodes. If you want to learn more about Sari as an individual. Oh yes. So my name is Sari, as you guys know, (laughs) um, my account is now at Sari Diskin, but it's gone through many evolutions. I started it in April 2017, so literally almost four years ago, which I cannot believe. And at the time, it was Eat Well Detroit. It was focused on healthy eating and living in the area that I lived in. Um, I was so scared to make it about me. And then once I hit 10,000 followers, I changed it to Eat Well with Sari, which it lived for a very long time until I recently changed it to Sari Diskin. My focus has always been about healthy living and it's really grown with me and my evolution with that from food to wellness to mental health. I really share everything. It's been such a pleasure to have this platform and it's really grown with my personality as well. So it's been like such a whirlwind as I'm sure you can relate, but I do love it. Yes, it is a fucking whirlwind. Um, All right. So the first (laughs) question is, how did you guys become friends and do you ever get competitive with each other? We slid into each other's dms um we were both in florida at the same time at i was at my parents sarah was at her in-laws and we went to lunch together and it was just like an immediate kitchen so good i'll never forget christopher's kitchen is so good so good and And my dad dropped me because of how much he's like who is this random he's like you're going to have lunch with someone you've never met before i was like yes i actually am doing just that it was right after your wedding because I think that's when I started following you. And I'm like, wow, we have so much in common. Like, I would totally be friends with her. Like, this girl knows what's up. Like, she's having a good time. 
And then when we were both in Florida, I was like, hold on, you're literally two seconds from me. And I think we had like DM'd a little bit before. Yeah. And then once we got together, it was just like instant. We started texting about like work stuff and influencer stuff. And then me coming to New York all the time to visit really close friends and family. We just like always got together and it just grew from there. That was like two and a half years ago. Right. And it's and also been a full year since we've seen each other in real life, I realized. We went to Captain right, Charlie's it last was, year in Florida. Oh, I was going to say it was your 30th birthday, but it was Florida. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. Um, and then the, do you ever get competitive with each other? Honestly, no. Um, which is, I find interesting because we very easily could be if you look at like our platforms they're very similar you know we have a very similar size a similar demographic we i i meant to text you we ended up choosing the same freaking person for our giveaway because i had to rechoose mine and i dm'd her and she was like wait oh my gosh thanks but like siri (laughs) she was like i actually want serious giveaway I know. She's like, I actually won Siri, so I feel like it should go to someone else. I was like, oh my God. Um, Did you use the Instagram random comment picker app? Or did I you just, just like went through? through. I scrolled and hit one. And just tapped. I yeah. used the random comment picker app. Are I didn't know that, that existed. No, I don't care. Um, okay. Okay. It's actually the best thing because I've been doing a lot of giveaways lately because my audience is just like, please, more giveaways. So yeah. the Instagram comment picker app is like, you, you pick your post and it calculates every comment and especially if people do more than one comment that's why like, the more entries the better and it and it picks one so oh, whenever I it picks one I just make sure they're following me and the brand that yeah just like to me it's like the fairest way yeah um, good to so, yeah I just close my eyes and scroll but I and- think <laughs> yeah <laughs> I but, used to do that I think regarding <laughs> the competitive aspect like we very easily could be competitive totally. with each other but instead, it's almost like so collaborative. Like we tell each other, like I yes. would call you and be like, hey, you worked with this brand. What did you charge? And like we give, we yes. go so deep that we share numbers of everything, which I think is not necessarily yeah. the norm. For sure. And we also work with the same management team, which sort of makes us coworkers in a sense. But even though we technically could be competitors and, and we have, like, I have different strengths and you have different strengths and we have different things to offer because we approach the platform. We approach our content so differently, even though we're, I guess, in the same category, mm-hmm. we're very uniquely ourselves, which makes it easy not to be super competitive. Um, like anytime anything good happens for Cami, I'm just like so happy for her because I know how hard she works and I know everything that goes into it so well because we talk about it so much, which is honestly such a blessing because, I think like there are other people that I do feel competitive with in a way. And whenever I do get that competitive feeling, I just try to knock it off. Cause I'm like, I'm me. I'm the only me like that. I need to stay in my own lane. And just like any industry you've ever worked in, there is a little bit of competition, but with this one specifically, because it is so much about personal branding, everybody does have something to offer. So focusing on what everyone else is doing is just going to be a waste of your time. It's good to have like to read the room and stuff like that. But focusing on what you want to say and what you care about is what's going to make you stand out. So I think that's just something to always bear in mind. Easier said than done for sure. Oh, definitely easier said than done. But again, like I feel the same way. If I ever feel myself when I see someone get something amazing who I'm not like close with, and I don't know the back end or like, you know, don't have a personal relationship with them. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. I wish I had that. And then I'm like, okay, calm down. We're not going to do this. Um, <laughs> so just stopping myself. Yeah. So yeah. the next questions we can kind of combine. Do you feel the space sure. is oversaturated and wish you didn't change careers? And what do you wish you knew in the beginning of starting your account? I do think it is... Just because there's saturation saturation doesn't mean that you can't grow and establish yourself in the space. Because as I said, there's only one of each person. And now because there's so many different ways to create content, like reels, IGTV, lives, like TikTok, there's just so many different things. You can still grow. Like I know people who've started very recently and have more followers than both of us. So it's just about choosing to do it and sticking with it. And I think in the beginning, um, because I just, the landscape was so different, I think a piece of advice I would give to myself is like, have the confidence to open up earlier, you know, like bring yourself into it earlier. And I think that is something that took me a little bit longer. I know you did too. Like, didn't you not show your face for like, yeah, when I was at JP, when I was still working, I like, didn't want my face anywhere on the platform. Right. Yeah. 
I would so say I think like, go ahead. I think just opening up, like when you like, not holding back, like saying what you want to say, because it will resonate with their, their, everybody has an audience and you just got to find them and they got to find you. Right. And I agree. I think like with the oversaturation, like, yes, obviously it's oversaturated, but I always use the example of like TV shows. And if, you know, you think about all of the comedy, for instance, as a genre, Friends is one of my favorite TV shows ever. And it's amazing. If a show came out and tried to be a remake of Friends, I probably wouldn't watch it because like, why would I? I can just watch the original. But when The Office came out and was its own unique show, that's my other favorite show. Like, yes, they're both in the same genre, but they're uniquely different and they're incredible on their own. And I think that that applies to influencers where like you're bringing something different to the table, like no one is you. And so you just have to lean into that. And similarly, like I definitely lean into it now, but in the beginning, and I actually don't regret that. And I don't think I would have changed that because while I was at my job, I was trying to keep the world separate. I wish I knew going into this, like, I wish I knew going into this, how many, how much backend work there is and how much you're doing. That's not necessarily creating content, you know, like all of the logistical aspects. Yes. I think I knew, you know, my background isn't advertising in the traditional sense. So I worked in big advertising agencies. I forgot to say that in my short intro, but I wanted to keep it short. So understanding like the logistics and, you know, back and forth and all the stuff that go into a traditional marketing campaign is something I was very aware of. Although when I first started, I did not think that, like, I thought maybe I'd make a little bit of money down the line. I'd be able to hone in those skills, but I just wanted to share what I loved and what was making me feel good. Um, So it's just so interesting that we have such similar growth and similar trajectories in our account, but the way we started and the way that we would go back is just so different. Totally. So the next question is kind of focused on like community and DMs, the next group of questions. So first, do you ever just flat out ignore DMs? Do you, should we think we are (laughs) annoying if we don't get a response? Okay. Uh, both of us are good at DMs. And like, if someone sends me, you know, sometimes if I get really behind in DM requests and I spend an hour going through them and if someone just sends me an emoji or something, I may not respond. I may just delete it. Um, if somebody, or if someone, if like 10 people are like, Hey, where'd you get that sweatshirt? I might just post it to my stories just for streamlining, streamlining, streamlining time. But if someone takes the time to ask me a question or send me a nice message or to ask something thoughtful, that I do my very best to respond. If it's something that you can 100% Google, I may just be like, Hey, check out, you know, what their website says or something, you know, I still (laughs) try to respond. Um, But there are, I think we both have a few people that just are incessant messengers. And um, I think that's the only time where it's just a little bit taking advantage of like a creator's time just to constantly, constantly message them nonstop about things that don't even relate to anything that they're doing. Um, So those people, sometimes I ignore, but other than that, I try to answer everybody. I do too. And I will say though, like for this person who asked a specific question, if like a larger influencer is not answering you, like, yes, we set this precedent that we try to answer these DMs. But like, if we had 300,000 followers, I don't know how I would do that. So it's not that I don't know how I would either. It's not that the person is finding you annoying. It's just a matter of them trying to manage their time. Um, Yeah. What DMs annoy you the most? What annoys me the most is when people message me something that they can 100% Google. That drives me me. fucking insane. I am not your search engine. Or what? Or can you list? Or can you list the ingredients of every of this product? Just like literally look at. (laughs) I I don't focus. Like I I do care about ingredients, but unless I'm saying I love the ingredients, I love this about the product. I'm not gonna like type out the entire ingredient list. Like you can look that up. Um, Why would you? And I know, like it just comes from. I know, like I. And it just like and. You know it's. Yeah. I mean, I, or where I feel, can I find the recipe that bothers me too? Where I mean, I'll I go off because like, they're, they're ones that bother me so much. It's like, you could Google this, like, you know, or the like 
you know, I posted about the Van Leeuwen ice cream bars. People acted like I worked at Van Leeuwen. It's like, what grocery stores are these available at? Can I buy these in store? Can I order Can I order them online? I'm like, DM Van Leeuwen or go to their page. My cousin even did it. And then I posted a story being like, guys, I don't work for Van Leeuwen. And she was like, fuck, I'm that person. Like, <laughs> That's yeah. the one thing and that even- does get me. And the Google oh, just like... God. the. Yeah. And lately, honestly, for me has been pregnancy of like, wait, I'm allowed to be doing this when they see I'm doing something or eating something or whatever. That for me has been difficult because it's just like you, everyone's different. And then, sorry, the last one, the last one is someone DMs (laughs) me something asking a question that is written on my story. Like this top is American Eagle. And then it's like, where's your top from? Yeah, I know. I, I Those are annoying, too. Those are annoying, um, too. But, like, I don't want this to take away from how many beautiful and wonderful and constructive course, and, you know, know, great dialogue goes in and stories. But sometimes when people ask things, I'm just, like, really, like, someone asked me once, like, <laughs> this was funny. They were, like, what's your shoe routine? Like, what shoes do you wear in the house? What shoes do you put on when you go into your bedroom? What shoes do you wear, like, in the kitchen? I was just, like, I just wear socks everywhere. Like, I don't wear, like, I don't know what kind of you know, question was that it was just like, it was just so interesting. Like people just are so curious about certain things. And that one was more like an LOL one. Like I don't have a shoe routine, yeah. But, but yeah, the, you know, and then funny. the other DMs, but yeah, the thinking, what were you going to say? Go ahead. <laughs> For me, it's like thinking that <laughs> what, are we delayed? What's happening? Um, maybe I feel like we might be, <laughs> I feel like also, I get so many incredible DMs. I love the community I've built. However, there are obviously a few people that like the other ones for me are just like the invasive ones where I'm like, you don't need to know that information. Like that's so personal. Um, Like, and those I'm just like now done responding to, like, there's no need for me. Yeah. It's just no, no one benefits. You don't need to know that information. Yeah. And I think some, one of the questions someone asked was what percentage of stuff do you not share? I think like, I think we're very similar. We both share a lot about what we're personally going through. Um, and I share a lot about what's on my mind, but there's some things I don't share if they have to do with family or like, I, you know, I don't go in and be like, yeah, this happened to my mom today or whatever. Like I don't share all of that stuff. And I, I, and I'm also very conscious of the fact that my husband is, is pretty private lately. He's been a little bit more comfortable with the IG thing. Um, but I know Joe is pretty private as well. So the percentage just kind of changes depending on what, depending on what's going on. But for every single person listening, remembering that no matter who you follow, there's more shit going on than you see on social media. So always keep that in mind. So much. And I feel like I really try to share everything, but there hits a point where like, if it's not my story inherently to share, I'm not going to share it. And Joe is the perfect example. He's a very private person. He gets uncomfortable when I even share stuff about myself sometimes. And you know, a lot has happened that I would never share because it's no one's business, but his or our families. And, you know, I think a lot of people always ask about like my in-laws, they're like, do you ever see them? I'm like, I see them all the time. It's just, I don't feel the need to like put them on my, like not everyone signed up for this. And I think you have to remember that as a consumer, like the person whose platform it is signed up to share this, these aspects of their life, but not everyone else in their family did. And, you know, my older sister is a perfect example. Like Maddie is way more private than I am or Lucy is. So Lucy's on my platform all the time because she feels comfortable being shared, but like Maddie doesn't. And so I respect that boundary. And I think that like people have these misconceptions over things because people aren't being shown, but there's so much in the back round that like happens that just we don't share a hundred percent like even yeah I relate to that so much like even with you know my nieces and nephews like there are certain people in my family who don't want me to share certain things versus others so it's just like it's about respecting other people because just because someone in your life is a quote-unquote public figure it doesn't mean that they automatically become a public figure so it's just really important to remember that what what you see and don't see isn't necessarily a full story. Yes. Um, what is the worst DM you've ever gotten that has stuck with you? Um, hmm. You go first. I need to think about this. Um, 
I feel like I've been pretty good lately at just like taking it with a grain of salt. Um, the ones that get me are the ones that are like not over the top mean because then I just write it off like someone DM'd me that they hope I lose my baby. And I'm just like, you're. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. But I'm just like, you're so crazy. Like anything you say after that sentence is just like, I'm not even listening anymore. Like you lost me at that line. Um, But the ones that aren't like over the top crazy like that, but dig at like my insecurities of privilege and those types of things. I'm trying to think of like a direct one I've gotten. I mean, someone being like, you know, there's a lot around pregnancy recently. Like we get it. You're pregnant. Do I have to look at your ugly belly all the time? Um, then unfollow those types me. of things. <laughs> oh my God. Don't even get me started. Fucking think- unfollow me. I know I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I think like, yeah, I think the ones that are the hardest to hear are the ones that touch on things that you're already insecure about, which I think people can pick up on. Um, so I remember once I got one, like, like, you know, you have such a round face, like some, or like you, you have such like a chipmunk face. Like, I think they were trying to say like something nice, but I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear that I have a chipmunk <laughs> face or like, you know, like something like that. I, but I, I have gotten a ton of mean ones, but the fact that I cannot recall them hundred percent means that I've already let them go. Same. I'm actually trying I, like, I'm just like, or maybe cause I'm on the spot right now. <laughs> right. Like I know them. I always text them to Lucy and I'm like, are you fucking kidding? But then I can't remember them like verbatim, but Joe's dad called him the other day, yesterday. And he, and he like is not on social media. He has a flip phone. Like he has no idea of what freckle foodie <laughs> is. But I guess Joanne, my mother-in-law, told him about the DM I got. And he calls Joe and he's like, do you see these shit that people are sending Cammy? Bill is like a 70-year-old nicest man in the world. And Joe's Aww. like, I mean, I don't see it because I'm not on her Instagram. But she tells me what's up. And he's like, this, this person is lucky. I can't find their name. They are lucky. Like, I will go after <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Protective grandfather already. Um, okay. Then getting into like brands, financials, the stuff that people really want to know. Okay. So first would be, how do you pitch yourself? Um, I think this is obviously something we talk about extensively in our course, but the beginning of pitching yourself just starts with an organic relationship with the brand. And that's something that is memorable. So connecting with them on Instagram, tagging them in your stories, if you're already using them, finding a basis for that relationship and why you think you'd be a good fit naturally, and then going off that. So connecting with them on Instagram and asking them for a contact to discuss partnerships via email and going from there. It doesn't have to be a whole dog and pony show in a DM. It can be a simple request for an email and take it from there. You don't need to put on a whole, it doesn't need to be anything super complicated. It can just be a very straightforward ask. Yeah. And similar, another question was, what's your best advice for getting on a brand's radar? And I would say it's the same. It's like the organic, you know, relationships. And then going from there being like, hey, is there someone I can talk to about brand partnerships? You know, I always use Van Leeuwen as an example. Like they don't pay me anything. And I yeah. feel like I'm their number one spokesperson. And you better fucking believe that one day I will have a special flavor, a seasonal special. That is my dream. Oh, you will. I have that situation with, um, with a, with, I don't want to say just jinx it just yet because the contract hasn't been signed, but with something I've been like just in love for forever and talking about for a very long time. And like, we're waiting for the contract to be signed. And it took like a lot of organic discussion and, you know, for them to start to realize, wow, this girl like is actually pushing our business forward so much. And she owes, we owe her something for it. Like we got to start connecting with her because she's got some value. This is what I'm trying to do with American Eagle right now as well. Can you mouth that brand so that I know who you're talking about? Okay. I couldn't really understand what you just said, but. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm very proud of you. I'm literally doing, I'm literally mine. <laughs> um, okay. And then do you, I know you're your answer, but do you ever pretend to like a brand for the money? No, I actually have a story. So I signed on to the brand. <laughs> Signed a contract, okay? And it looked like, you know, something I would really like. Very up my alley. But I made sure to tell our manager, you need to put in the contract that if for some reason I... Because, tr- you know, there are some times where a brand reaches out to you and you've never tried it before, but it seems like a great fit. 
if that is ever the case, you need to preface in the contract that you can back out if you don't like the product. So that was in the contract. So we were fine, but I get the product. I'm like, so pumped. We make it. Jacob and I are eating it. I filmed throughout the whole time making it because I was going to make like a cool video for them. We're both eating it. We look at each other and we're like, this is so bad. <laughs> and at first Jacob was like, Cannot, you cannot post this. this is the saddest dinner like we cannot eat this and then I was like no it's not that bad and then like a couple bites later I was like yeah this sucks like if one person buys this because of me and and, enjoy, and eats this and doesn't like it that is enough like I cannot allow that to happen and like that it just reduces my credibility so much so standing behind the, the like actually enjoying the brands you share is so key because it can be so obvious <laughs> Yes. So I backed uh, out of that and it was fine, but <laughs> yeah, thank God. Um, I <laughs> totally agree. I would not promote a brand that I don't like for the money. I've had many of instances where multiple brands have come forward with like a large budget and the brand is just not something I believe in or enjoy or would recommend. And you can't buy my morals. Um. Yeah. Okay. And you just have to believe that they will come. Like, and, like other brands you do like will come. You know. Definitely. How much free stuff do you get? Wait, I just want to say something because I see other influencers post about brands that I have tried, and I just think they are atrocious. Same. <laughs> and I'm just like, you guys, how do you like that? Maybe they do. I don't know. But there are certain things I'm just like, like I don't understand. I don't know. There's no way that, that, that people like that. So <laughs> there is a brand that I love and they created a product that I despise. And okay. brand <laughs> and people were sharing it. And I am just like, there's no fucking way you eat that. <laughs> I think I had the same exact experience with that brand. Yeah, we know, we know. Yeah. Um, and I love the brand, so I'm not going to badmouth that. Well, I wouldn't badmouth really any brand. Um, no, we're not going to badmouth any brands, like, out loud on here. Well, speaking of that, and then I'll get back to my free stuff question. What's been your worst experience with a, bra- a brand that, like, you don't have to obviously share their name? Um, I can think of one of yours. I've. Uh, how come I can't? Um, it was like a new product that they wanted you to try and they then like sent you over all this contract stuff and you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I never agreed to do any of this. I'm trying to mouth it to you. Okay. Okay. I can't hear your mouthing, but that does sound familiar. I can't see well, your, I know I can't There was read. one situation that was a new brand and they were like interested in working with you and you were like, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. And you agreed to receive it. And then they were like, oh, well, technically, when you joined our platform, you signed a contract. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was terrible. It was a really cool, actually, technology brand. And I was like, yeah, this looks cool. Like, And, you know, with gifting, which Cameron and I both do, if we want to accept the gift, it has to be, you know, if we're interested in trying a product, it has to be in no strings attached until we've tried it. If we try it, we're open to discussing a partnership. Or you put in the contract that you have to try it. Anyways, you know, they sent it to me and it was, it was very much, oh, this is just a gift. And, you know, let us know what you think. And I'm like, okay, cool. This sounds like a really innovative thing. I got it. And then they said, okay, great. Now that you have the product, like these are the posting guidelines. This is this. And technically when you gave us your address in this platform, you agreed that you needed to post about it and all this stuff. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not, you know, that is not how the relationships between creators and brands should not be this secretive. Let me try to get you to do stuff that you're not aware of. No business relationships should be like that. So I was like, absolutely not. I did not agree to that. I will not be creating content. I will send this back to you in the mail. And I didn't even open it. Did they make you send it back? It was so scummy. Yeah, I sent it back. I didn't even want it. I sent it back. They sent me a return label. (laughs) They sent me a return label. Um, I'm trying to think of what mine would be. I've just had like one that was pretty ongoing and it's not my worst experience because I actually like really like the brand and all of that, but it was just, it was just a fucking headache. There were just so, so, so many requests, many edits, many reshoots, many changes, like every single thing was such a process that I was like, 
this is not worth nearly the amount of money that we are getting paid for this. Um, like, and I didn't back yeah. out of it. Like I ended up finishing the contract, but it was just a fucking headache. Um, okay. Now mm-hmm. the question that everyone wants to actually know, how much do you charge per post? So it's, you know, I think this is very hard to answer, but we can, we charge similar amounts so we can give you a ballpark. But if a brand wants a single post with no exclusivity, just basic usage rights, something like that um, is very different than a three-month contract with, you know, let's say it's with a plant-based milk. You can't post any other plant-based alternatives for three months. They're using your content in ads. They're whitelisting your content, which means they're boosting it under your name um, to a wide audience. It looks like it's coming from you. All of those things and, you know, the in the timing and the turnaround, all that stuff, that is all... Ha- included in how much you charge. It's not just a flat rate. This is how much you charge. So all of those things happen to change the rate. (laughs) And that is all part of like the weeks and weeks or whatever time of negotiation that comes into deciding whether you're going to work on a campaign and what the rate is that you will be paid. Okay. But can we share actual numbers? Do you feel comfortable doing that? Sure. We charge, we charge like the same amount probably. Yeah. I think maybe you charge a little more. No, I think we're but roughly between fifteen hundred and two thousand for a post. Yeah, like, and obviously that's what we're pitching, and that's not always what we're getting. I think right. you charge more for posts, and I charge more for stories. Um, yes, based on our reach of like those two different things of like how much we're reaching people. And I also think that that's something that if someone's listening and they have the same amount of followers or whatever, and they're like, Oh my God, I can charge as much too. Like so much. It doesn't matter how many followers you have, honestly, like obviously that matters, but the reach is what actually matters. Like how many people are viewing your stories? That's what you're charging your rate off of, right. not off of your followers. Um, right. Or even like a lot of the time brands want me to like take extra photographs for them to use like things like that they may really like your photography style or your content or you know there's all your value is is included in there's so many things that encompass your value you know how many people you're reaching how engaged your community is how dedicated you are to it um like how you show up in your personality and how you how you represent yourself as do they want to be associated with that um you know the quality of the content that you create all that stuff It's, it's so much more than just the follower number Absolutely. And then someone asked, how much do you actually, like how much do influencers actually make in a year? Every influencer I see seems to have so much money. And so for, I do want to say like average salary for an influencer is the widest thing. That's like saying, how much do people make in sales and trading? You could be an analyst or you could be an (laughs) MD. And those are two very different lifestyles. Like the top influencers in the world are making a fuckload more money than we are. Um, And I also think every influencer I see seems to have so much money is something I talk about a lot with my mom because the influencer world is privileged. Like you have to have a hundred percent to be able to be like, I'm going to take this risk and be a content creator and like make my own money and hope that it works. Like you have to have something to fall back on. You have to have savings. So like already it's picking from a specific bucket of people. That's one sure. of the issues For I sure. have with the industry, but it's the reality. So yes, every influencer you see seems to have so much money, but I also think that that's not always money that is like being made from being an influencer. It could be a lifestyle that they have from other aspects as well. Um, For sure. I I think like an ad, like you, like both Cameron and I make over six figures in this, in this industry. This past year was the first time that we achieved that. Um, We came close the year before. Remember, you know, end of 2019, we were talking like, we're going to make six figures, you know? Yeah. Um, so that is that like, I think that's considered, I mean, we work insanely hard and the fact that that is all self-made based on just us, you know, creating is unbelievable, but it, there's so much work that goes into it. That, keep in mind, we have to, we also pay our management agency a fee of every single thing that we make. We have very high taxes. Self-employment tax is a bitch. I don't know what it is in New York, but here it's really high. Um, there are also more things that you can quote unquote write off. But it, like the man, so when let's say you, you know, you make $1,500 a post, think of how much go, like, 
how much you actually make from that, right? So you do have to do a lot of work. Um, and then as you grow and the more, you know, deals come your way, sometimes campaigns will be 10 times the amount of another campaign for the same exact amount of work. You just one brand had a way higher budget and that was able to be negotiated. So it can be so hit or miss. And people are doing it full-time making half of the amount or people are doing full-time making five times the amount. So yeah, like I know so some, there's such a spectrum. Such a spectrum. I know some who are in like the 300,000 follower range who are making like over 500 grand. Like they're fucking I'm sure. It. Yeah. I'm sure. And I'm really sure. proud of us because I know that was a goal for us in 2020 and yes. I am really I'm proud, proud of, of us. Too. Um but like you said, the rate that we're charging for posts, like if we're proposing that it's not always the rate that it gets done at and then we take out exactly the fee that goes to our management team and then the tech like it's not all of a sudden like you're taking i feel like if someone hears this they're going to see like every post be like oh my god you just made 1500 dollars like that's not the case um yeah however also think um, about everything you know all the work that goes into it and all the, you know, the cost it takes to make it. Like, there's just so much, whether or not it's food Oh, I think or it's all warranted. Else. Yeah, like, there's I think just the fee is so much. Also... Yeah, sometimes you have to hire a professional photographer. We talk about this a lot, but, like, the fee isn't just for the post. The fee is for all of the work you've done to get yourself to a platform that has an engaged audience like that, that they're then able to reach. Like you don't just go find an influencer on the street that has 10 followers and pay them that amount for a post. Obviously that's why other influencers make more than us, but the fee like is also inclusive of all the backend work, like us answering to every DM, a brand's not paying us to do that, but it gets an engaged and loyal community. Um, And one thing that is so important to remember is not, you know, like so much of the content that we create and share and put effort and work into every day is not paid. So it's sort of like the ads are sometimes it integrates so well. And that's like the goal that, that it just looks and fits in with your brand so well. But like, think of it when you go, when you watch TV, you have to watch the ads to get the, the other content. So it's just part of it, you know? And, and the, the, the beauty of influencer marketing is that the content you create with with a brand is just as valuable as the content you create without a brand. And that's it's all in the umbrella of your personal message and your value and what you want to share with your community. There's value in all of it. So that co- that is really something to, to remember as well. Totally. And then back to the question that I asked, but we got sidetracked. How much free stuff do you <laughs> we're get? Ta- we're tangent people. Yes. Um, we, do get, we do get quite a bit of free stuff, um, but you know, I don't say yes to every granola bar that that offers, you know, to send it to me. I love trying new skincare products. I love trying beauty stuff. I love like, you know, when bag companies want to send me, you know, if things that I would want to spend my money on reach out to me and I'm really excited about it, then I'll say yes. If I would never buy the product myself, I don't want to receive it as a gift because that's just a waste on both ends. Yeah, for me, um, it's in the beginning, I would say yes to everything. Not that I was like sharing it. Oh my God. Yeah. But I was like free stuff. It's so funny. And we used to talk about this on the trading floor, like especially in like a trading floor, like all these people are making good fucking money. You put free food out there and it's like, we call them seagulls. Like they would come from (laughs) all over, like different desks would come. Like if I put, if we would put our leftover pizza or like donuts or baked goods at the end of our row, like everyone would flock. And we're like, you guys could afford any food you want. Like, what is it about free food? But it's so true. Like free shit people get so excited about. And so when I first I started getting offers for like free packages, I was like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. Now I am so motherfucking selective. Like I, yeah, we live in an apartment. I hate clutter. Joe hates clutter. I hate unboxing things. Like, you know, people are always like, do do unboxing videos. I'm like, it's my least favorite thing to do. I don't want to record myself doing it on top of that. Um, So I really don't like having things. um, Even like, I'm very hesitant to try new things because I'm like, if I don't like it, where am I going to put it? I hate wasting things. So I'm very selective. However... I'm so grateful that there are brands that I have a relationship with now where like 
I would buy their product anyway. But when I'm out, I can send them a DM be like, hey, I just ran out. Can you send some more over? Um, yes, I mean, it's an incredible perk. And I'm starting to get yes. some baby stuff for free, which is very nice as well. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay. How, okay, well, we kind of talked about this. How long did it take to earn a consistent salary? We don't have to like dive into this, but when I, I can just say like, I left my job in May, that May to December, I wasn't really making much at all off of content creation. I was like doing solely private cooking and health coaching. And then my first- We both did a lot of health coaching too at the beginning. Yeah. And Um, then I had like five part-time jobs. <laughs> one of them was working at Athleta, which was so much fun. And I, you know, all the clothes I bought there, I I used all the money I made there and bought clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you were there. Um, <laughs> but then my first like full year. The nice thing about being an influencer is there isn't much overhead cost, depending on how you do it. I'm not someone that's hiring hair and makeup and a photographer for content all the time whatsoever. Um, So really, it's not like you're buying a you're you're not investing in product like to make something. You're not investing in a physical space that you're renting. So there isn't much overhead cost. So you're able to actually profit pretty easily. It's just a matter of how much I would say. 2020 was the first year that I felt like I'm really making a good income. So that's two and a half years. Yeah. I think I made an, I made a pretty good salary in 2019 too. Um, but it wasn't as, it wasn't as high as 2020. It was still like doable. Um, but I think like for me, like all of my food and all of that stuff, like that's really expensive too. Although I'm not doing as much food anymore. All that does add up with all the testing and the equipment and, I always need to have the new iPhone because I take all my pictures with my phone, um, stuff like that. But in terms of like a small business, the overhead cost is not nearly as much as if you were manufacturing a product. Right. Okay. So then like being an influencer, what are the highs and the lows of running a business? The highs are that you can impact and connect with so many people on a very real level every single day. That's, and meeting people and like meeting friends and having community and that you have flexibility. The lows are that you, you know, your success and your validation is really up to a lot of other people sometimes. And I, and that for, and even though that's something you decide to put weight on, it, it can weigh on you. I know I struggle with that all the time. Like, you know, are, are people not liking this? What am I doing wrong? You know, things like that um, can really weigh on you. And it can be a low point when you don't feel like you're showing up enough for the people who, who want to see you. So there can be a lot of pressure, I think, is the low point. Yeah, I would say... For me. The what high, about you, Kim? Yeah, Very similar. The high is the community, the impact I feel I'm having on others, the people I've met, um, and the fact that I just like enjoy what I get to do. The low is definitely um, sometimes when I feel I'm most vulnerable in sharing things and I get negative feedback. The one out of the 300 comments hits me. Um, So it is very like, you know, you're putting a lot out there and it's really easy for a stranger to criticize. So yeah, very. And also being your own boss is great, but like the boss is always watching. And for the two of us who like have a very strong work ethic and always want to do as much as possible, it's really hard. I can say safely for both of us to shut off and to stop working. Um, and to realize that like, you know, when you do take off time, like, well, that's money being lost. Like that relationship is tough to manage. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I've tried to implement taking one full day off a week, even if it's just off social media, because just the constant being at being like available for other people 24 seven is really hard. So boundaries are hard to set. And that's something I've been working on and gotten a lot better at. But it's me too. I'm really working on boundaries, especially as we potentially start. Well, not potentially. We are starting family. I'm pregnant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But a few months to go. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, on that note, <laughs> how many hours do you work a week? 
it's hard to say like some days I'm working all day. I'm shooting like five things. I'm on my computer all day, writing, uploading stuff, like answering emails, dealing with stuff. And some stuff I pro I could, I, some days I do two hours of working day or less, just depending on what else is going on. But you're still always on, if that makes sense. But wait, there's no way I ever do two hours of work a day because I'm always on Instagram, which is part of my job. But like sometimes I think of work as like actual emails or like writing stuff or, or you know, tasks. It's so it's so blended. I feel like I'm always working. <laughs> it's one of the issues. It's so blended. Our work and life are so blended. Um, I would say most days I start around 730. Um I take a break at some point to typically exercise and do some personal work. Um, and then I'm kind of still working up until probably seven. Um, so of the 12 hours in that window, maybe two in total are spent doing personal stuff. So long, long work days. And then weekends, I'm working pretty much majority of the weekends as well, which I know you are too. Um, yeah, I actually enjoy like batching some content creation on a Sunday, for example, because then I don't feel like other a million other things are distracting me. I agree. You know what I, I mean? totally agree. Um, if you could go back and legitimately choose to take this career path, would you? I feel like if I told myself five years ago that I would be doing this, like I, I it wasn't even like a concept. You know, it was so new. I remember like there were other people in the space that I followed and I was, I was such a follower of people like me before I was someone like me. And I always thought to myself, wow, you could never do that. That like, seems like crazy. So much work, so much putting your life out there. Wow. I don't know. I, I love marketing and branding and creation. I actually think it's a perfect career for me, but it's so hard to tell myself five years ago that you'd be doing this because it wasn't even like a full concepted career. Yeah, I think I would still choose this career path. Um, but I think I would have been more like real. I, I wish I was a little bit more like realistic about what to expect. I feel like I went into it thinking it was all like rainbows and sunshine and it's not. Oh, yeah. So that's the one Definitely. thing that I think would have been different. It would have been just more like realistic going in. Um, yeah. How does it feel to live so publicly? Do you ever get scared? I never get scared of like someone coming to my house. I mean, I never share my address and stuff like that. And usually if I'm, I'm, I'm careful of if I'm currently in a place to not post until I leave. Sometimes I do it in the moment. I actually never get scared. Do you? Not in like that sense. No, I've never actually thought about it. Um, because I don't think I'm like, you know, if I had like a million followers, I think that'd be very different, but I get scared sometimes of just like, I don't know, like personal life stuff that like, I don't think anyone needs to know that isn't my story that like is something that's happening in my family or that kind of stuff. Like if that came up or came out, like, I just don't love, yes. that's my one fear about being in the public eye is that like everyone else around you is susceptible. Exactly. Yeah. So just as we talked about earlier in this episode, making sure you set those boundaries. Um, are there people who you follow, but you actually hate and you just follow for the cringe? Like I hate follow. Oh, yeah. I definitely hate follow people. It's not nice, but I definitely do. <laughs> I'm just I like, have... Or like I used to be I used to like them and then they change. But now I can't look away because I'm like, what? I've stopped There's very hate... few of those people, but I yeah. definitely do. <laughs> I've stopped hate following just because it like wasn't doing it was just being it was just really hurting my mental health. Um but I'd be lying if I said I don't go back every like once every while and look at their stories just to get like a glimpse of like what's still happening here. Um, <laughs> but it's rare. It's but I mean, nature. I, it's unfortunately we all do it. Um, yeah. Is there drama or pettiness between influencers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am gladly not involved in any real influencer drama. I've never really have been. Um, but there are other groups of influencers you think are best friends, but really aren't. And certain things have happened. 
Um, people have, you know, screwed other people over. Like there's a little bit of gossip within like the different like groups of influencers. As I said, I'm not really involved in the drama, but I hear about it. And there is a 100% drama and pettiness and fakeness. And it's, it's, that's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, lots. There's definitely lots. Um, I have zero tolerance for fakeness. And yeah. I just feel like I'm also not in any of like the influencer clicks. Like I have a few people that I'm good friends with and I, okay. I've always like thought this and I know I've said it before, but like, it sounds so awful, but like I did not join, I did not become an influencer to meet other influencers, to find friends. And I, it's a great way to meet right. people. I know we've talked about this. Like when you move to another city, it's so helpful, but like I live yes. in a city where my most, all of my family almost lives all of my friends majority live. Like I have so many people in my life that I love that I'm very selective of who I'm adding into my circle. Like I just don't have time in my life. So yes, I talk to a few influencers regularly, but like majority of my life is spent with my non-influencer people and friends. And I think because of that, I've kind of like not steered away, but I'm not in a lot of like the New York influencer clicks, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I totally get that. I mean, here in Michigan, there wasn't, there isn't a big community at all. Like there's a little small one and especially now that there's no events and stuff. Um, there's not really much going on. So I have no idea what's, if there's any drama here. Um, in Chicago was, there was the, everyone I met was so nice. It was very, it was, there wasn't, that I knew of, and I can be very out to lunch. So I might not be the best person to ask. Um, but yeah, they're in like other cities. I've definitely heard rumors of really big influencer drama and stuff like with brands involved and things like that. Um, as we both said, like we don't, I don't like to get involved in that. Even like when I was younger, when it came to like things like that, I hated being like, I hated being involved in stuff like that. So I just oh, kind of, I mean, I was like, uh, a I'm center. not of drama when I was younger. <laughs> like I was Oh, in. I hated being involved in um, You were the the center. You're funny. Yeah, I was I was involved in the drama. I'm not gonna lie. I have way less patience for it as I've gotten older. Um I also just feel like maybe there's influencer drama I'm involved in and I don't even know. Um but yeah, one there thing, is I don't know about it. <laughs> there's one thing that's been <laughs> interesting recently is like, you know, I'm big on like you choose to follow who you want to follow. You can unfollow people. But I do feel a little weird about some influencers who have like met and we follow yes. each other. But I'm like, I don't really, no offense to you. Your content just like, isn't it for me anymore? And I want to unfollow you. But like, I don't want to piss this person off. It's nothing really. I'm not saying like, I hate you, like, you know, whatever. But so I have done, I have unfollowed a few in that instance. And like, I don't know, maybe they hate me. Um, but otherwise I mute people. Yeah. I mute a lot of people influencing, sorry, influence. There's, there's definitely, um, like a, if an unfollow is rude, like it, it says something like it could be like, and even when I unfollow people, I'm like, to have to say to myself, I don't, this content is serving me. I don't agree with them. Like I, I want my feed to be people that I, that I inspire me and connect me besides like the three people that I hate follow. And you know, what's so funny the three people that I hate follow never come up for me. Like I only see them if I think about them and I go to them. So it's kind of like you, like, why would I even follow them? It's so stupid. But, like also who, how do you even know if someone's unfollowing you? Like I never look. So like, I know people probably unfollow me. I don't care. Oh, so I, I lose followers every day. So I tried to think about it about that. And I'm like, you know yeah. what, if this person, I'm just, yeah, I've unfollowed a few people recently and maybe then yeah. there is drama on their end and I just don't know about it. Um, how often do you talk to your influencer friends about money? I only talk to a few of them about money, but actually all of the people that I can, that I'm like actually real life friends with from the influencer space, I'm very open with, but that's only like a select few of people. Then there's like my like friendly, we comment on each other's posts, but we don't actually have a really relationship type thing. I'm open to my, I'm open to talking about money. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you and I talk about money at least once a week. Um, yeah. And then, like, I'll talk to a few other people about it. It's honestly more like, again, kind of what I said is like, I don't feel like I've made like my best friends are in this space. Uh, Like there are a few that I'm very close with and you are one of my best friends. But other than you, like there are people I'm close with, um, but not everyone feels comfortable talking about money. So 
it's, and then there are some, like there's one person who I love in this space who I'm not even that close with, but like I called her the other day to be like, Hey, can you help me with something? And she was like, I love talking about this. Like anytime you want to talk about this stuff, like I'm here and we start talking about other stuff. And like, I'm, helping someone who's newer in the space. She's texting me like, Hey, this brand wants this, what should I charge? And I'm like, Oh, I worked with them. This is exactly what I charged. Like I wish someone had done that to me. Um, I help people like that via DM all the time. Like even the other day, a girl messaged me being like, I've never worked with a brand. They just email me saying they want to, they want this. They want to do all this with my content. What should I charge? Like $35. And I was like, Whoa, you need to take our course. (laughs) Yes. No, but I did Um, help her. I sent her like 10 voice notes. I'm like, all right, this is what you got to do. Yeah. And the person I'm talking about is one of my friends. So like, I will like literally tell her exactly what brands I charged. um, Right. Right. Or what I charged brands, which is different than like someone just sliding into my DMs. But I think it's an important conversation to have because otherwise like Sari and I could be the exact same size, similar insights, all this stuff. And like, she could be charging three times more than me. And that hurts both of us because I'm then not making the money she's making, but also brands would be like, well, why would I pay Sari that if Cammy's charging a third of the price, I can get the same thing for way less. I'll go work with her. So like it ends up hurting both of you. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I've, I've had people reach out to me who have, you know, way more followers than me, higher engagement. And they're like, they're like, I'm charging this. What do you think? And I'm like, you need to be like four times the amount, you know, like there, and, and there is no standard. And as we've said, the rate is determined on so many different factors, but severely undervaluing your work does not benefit anybody. Agreed. Um, and you should not be doing anything for free. No. Um, okay. No, those were, for free. Yeah. Those were all the main questions. So thank you guys for submitting them. If you have more, you can thank send us you. a DM and we can try and get back to you. Um, however, Let's now explain what our new offering is for everyone who is listening and is potentially interested in everything we just shared in this career. Oh, yeah. And we didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> no, I don't think we did. Okay, good. It, it's but a cool job. It's a fun job. But every realistic. job has its ups and downs. Oh, for sure. And like I said, like I wish someone had told me how much back-end work went into this. Like I spend days... It's, I mean, obviously it depends on what type of creator you're doing and what you're doing. But like, you know, between my podcast hosting, video editing, video uploading, like the legal aspect, like the contracts, there's so much that like I said, after doing this for a year and a half, I turned to my sister and I was like, if this fails, that's still a win for me because I basically just, I feel like I went to some form of business school. Like I, I've learned exactly so much. Yeah. Yeah learn about learn while doing and I mean you know to to echo that even when I first started I did know about the industry just because of my corporate background but I did have friends who were already pretty established influencers in the space and they were so helpful like so 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 helpful and just like and I, I I heard something in a podcast recently that really stuck with me and it was like the answer to the question you don't know is in someone else's head like just find the person to ask and it's, it's, there's no shame in asking for help and connecting with others because like, that's how we learn. Even if you're in a corporate work environment, if you don't know the answer to something, you ask your coworker just because this is like a silent, like isolating job doesn't mean there aren't people to ask. So there are always people who know the answer and can help you. Totally. And I think that's exactly what we talk about. Even when we're talking about money, like these are conversations that you just have to be having. Um, yes. Okay. So the micro mentorship, we basically started this in COVID, early COVID, because Sari and I would talk almost every day on the phone, (laughs) and we still do, and just be like talking about business and things we wish we had known and things we're doing and like, you know, just pitching ideas to each other and bouncing things off of one another and it was so helpful for the two of us. And we noticed that we were getting a ton of DMs being like, how did you start your account? It's one of the most frequent questions we receive. How did you start your account? What would be your advice for someone looking to start your account? Like, I want to leave the corporate world, but I don't know where to start. So we decided because everyone was, majority of the people were home to take advantage of the situation. And we built a course that we hosted during live Zoom sessions 
called the micro mentorship program. And it really just laid out like everything that you need to know about starting a presence on Instagram, whether it's like building your Instagram bio and handle or creating your community or creating content, all of it. And we received overwhelming interest. Like, remember, we were like, I mean, maybe people will want to do it. Well, people want to know. It's still one of my most common DMs. Like, what about influencer world and and running a brand it that is something that we both get so many questions but I did I talked a little bit about it the other day on my stories and even then I was getting so many messages about it that I did a little q and I'm like wow this was perfect timing for like the fact that our course was coming I didn't even mean to do that um, but I think it's just one of those things that there isn't a rule book and we wanted to put together a guide for people from the very beginning to starting your brand to what it looks like to pitch yourself to negotiate and to start working on brand campaigns from the beginning all the way to that point. It's really a framework for creating your brand, establishing it, building it, growing your community, and then monetizing it. And these things are now in the form of an ebook. So before it was a live course with notes that we would send and we would talk, you know, we would teach verbally and answer questions verbally. Now it is, it lives in an ebook, which is a long extensive PDF that comes with, you know, you can click through the PDF and you'll find videos of us teaching you how to do stuff, which is really fun. Um, And then it will come with, you know, a, a large community that is, that will be supportive and connective and perks that come within that individual community as well. So we just wanted to normalize this industry, normalize this conversation and really develop a resource for people who are looking to do looking to get into the industry, because I feel like the, the barriers for entry are so small, like it just means start, but the barriers for entry, sorry, are so in, like, they're so cheap and just, you can just start, anyone can start, but it feels like the, the, there are huge barriers, like sort of these invisible barriers, because no one really talks about things and it's not really explained and people are so unaware. So we really wanted to bridge that gap because we know so many people have passions, especially in the food and wellness space, and they want to share and we wanted to make that available for people. I agree. I think it's so daunting and overwhelming and so many people want to start, but they're like, I have no idea where to even begin. And so we really tried to like make it so simple. And if you're someone who has an account already, it's still helpful because it's basically five modules. So it's a 30 plus page PDF with two hours of video content. And within the modules, like the first one is creating your profile. So if you haven't even started, it's a great place to start. If you have an account, it's a great place to audit. And then it eventually gets into like, how do you reach out to brands? How do you deal with contracts? How do you monetize? How do you negotiate? So it really is like a wide spectrum. And for someone who's just starting, you can use it as you grow to like rely on and reference. And if you've started an account and you want to take to the next step, it also helps with that. And as you mentioned, like community is something we're so interested in. So we do have a Facebook group from everyone who took the Zoom course and you will gain access to that with the purchase of the ebook. And like, that's a great place to meet people who are similar to you, who are starting their accounts. They want to network, they want to meet people and just bounce ideas off of one another. Like, you know, during the live classes, people would be like, Hey, what do you guys like more for my handle? What do you like more for my Instagram picture? Like, how are you guys doing this? Just a great community to be able to reference. And even just being like, Hey, I had this experience. Has anyone had this experience or anyone have a contact at this place? Or I have this idea or people in the group even started their own little things together and became friends. So it really is just providing education, resources, and community to a space that, that is so new to so many. And there's such a gap in really providing that. So we wanted to mend that gap and, and be a good resource for for any upcoming content creators or spot or current content creators who are looking just to learn about what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it even helped me when we were building it. I'm like, I have to change this. Not yeah. The way I do stuff. Um, so yeah. if you are interested in what we just laid out for you all, check out the link in the show notes um, or go to frecklefoodie.com slash mentorship. It is live today. So we're running a sale for the first week, um, but still check it out online. You know, you can DM us any questions or email the micro mentorship at gmail.com. If you have any questions, we are so excited. This has been a labor of motherfucking love. We have put so much time and effort into this and we're really, really proud of the product because we don't think 
anything else exists on the market like this. So we are excited to share it with you guys. And Sari, of course, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being such a shining light in my life. I love you. Love you too. Um, All right. Thanks, guys. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. I'm not going to do a solo um, ending just because I feel like this was a long one. So I will leave you all with, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I love you. And we will chat next week. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way too active channel and at FF and friends pod for more information on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to give you the next episode.